Hey guys, welcome back to Handling It. I'm your host, Catherine, and as you know, I thought I had my life all figured out, and then I realized I actually did not. But I'm handling it, and one of the best ways I've learned how to do that is to talk with others on how they're handling their own lives. This week, I'm talking to one of my friends, Madison Shire, and her mom, Candace Shire. Now, Madison and I have known each other for a while now, and she is literally one of the most adventurous people I know. So when a couple of listeners asked for me to do an episode on travel, Madison was the first person to come to mind. Not only is she from Texas, but she lived in Scotland growing up, and last year she even lived in New Zealand while getting her undergraduate degree, and she's been to so many other places in between. And her mom, Candace, worked for almost 14 years as a flight attendant, so I'm so excited to talk to them both about their experiences traveling and ask them some questions like how to pack a proper suitcase and ways you can manage jet lag, because I certainly can't. Since this episode consisted of an in-person interview, I do want to address the fact that the episode was filmed back in February, before all of the social distancing and lockdowns came into effect. I also want to stress how important it is that we keep adhering to these rules and guidelines. But I do hope that this episode will take your mind off of everything going on right now and put you in a much better place mentally. So turn up the volume, get comfortable, and enjoy, guys. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. We're here today with my dear friend, Madison. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, feel free to give a little hi and introduce Hello. yourself. Um, as Catherine said, my name is Madison. Uh, we were <laughs> freshman yeah. year roommates. We were freshman roommates. <laughs> we were college pals, freshman year roommates, like one of the first, the first person I met. That yeah, because we met through that Facebook group, right? We and through the Facebook group. And wait, do you remember why you reached out to me? Is because I said I had lived in Scotland. Yes. And you were like, that's so cool. Wait, this is so full circle right now. I love it. Yes. <laughs> I just remembered that. Right. Oh my gosh. I forgot about the two. Yeah. And that's so cool. Yeah, I guess from there, it's, Look at it's us history, now. but <laughs> uh, when it came to, I had put up on Instagram, I think back in way back when in November, when I had started this podcast, Yeah, it was a hot second ago, so long ago, <laughs> <laughs> but so like not that long ago. And I, I had put up, uh, you know, what people wanted to hear me talk about. And so many people said, we want to hear about your, you know, your travels, your study abroad experience that you me. had in college. <laughs> yes, we loved that. And then when I thought about doing this, because I didn't want to talk about it just on my own, because while I do think my experience was great and like my traveling has been fun, I, I thought this conversation would be so much more beneficial to, you know, have another person involved. And you, when I think of traveling, like, not only did you, you know, live in a different country <laughs> growing up, but you've also been to some pretty cool and exotic, dare I say, places. That so. makes me smile so big, too. Because this is such a, I feel like this is such a huge part of who I am, too. That the fact that you thought of me first and that other people think that as well. <laughs> yeah. It's just really, I don't know, it's really exciting. It's really flattering. Well, I'm a big fan. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess um, if you want to go into it, for we had sort of just mentioned it, but you had lived in Scotland for yeah, several so years. When I was, we went back and forth a couple of years for, or not for a couple of years, but for a bit in my first few years of life. And then mm-hmm. um, my brother was born in Houston, like I was. And then we moved from my dad's job on what was originally supposed to be a two-year assignment mm-hmm. to um, Aberdeen, Scotland. More specifically, a tiny little village called Peter Cooter. <laughs> um, we moved over there when I was four. So in like 2002, I believe it was. Um, 
and yeah, I started preschool over there. I went up <laughs> until third grade. Um, and I went to an international school over there, which was cool because it was, their slogan was like, um, a certain amount of people from 300 different, like 300 different countries. Mm-hmm. Um, cause there were only about 24 kids in each grade. So it was super small. Oh, okay. My friends were from Nigeria, from France, Australia. I mean, we were all over the globe. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really cool to get to kind of have my formative years of schooling start over there. Right. And then, yeah, moved back to, moved back to Texas after four years there. That was a little bit of a transition mm-hmm. going from like people that came and went every two years or so, or not, sometimes not even for that long. Um, that after my first year of third grade in Texas, I went around to like my close friends and I was like, so you're not moving, right? And they looked at me like I'd grown a third arm. They were like, why would I move? And I was like, oh, I guess this isn't a normal thing for people. (laughs) And so, yeah, it was kind of weird to move to a place where everyone went to school with everyone else for, you know, 12 years. So that was kind of cool. Well, and then you took, you know, a big sort of move, I guess you can say again, when you came to New York for college. Yeah, that was kind of funny coming up here and being the anomaly and saying, oh, yeah, no, I'm not for the tri-state area. I'm actually from Texas. <laughs> <laughs> but even then they go, OK, so you're from Texas. Where's your accent? Uh-huh. And I was like, well, when I moved to Texas, I had a Scottish accent. So something in there canceled out. And we're now got this weird little hybrid of <laughs> I just kind of sound like wherever I am at the time. Yeah. But, well, and that's the thing, too, like. New York is such an extreme, like, city in itself. Like, even for me being from Pennsylvania and living only, like, two and a half hours away, it's still, like, a completely different way (laughs) of life. Like, so different. I actually, you know, I was just home a couple weeks ago, and I long for just the the weekends where I can go drive a car, you know? Like, I'll go, like, months without driving, and it's so weird, and I don't think anything of it until I get home, and I'm like, wow, I can get myself places. I can go somewhere by myself, not have to pay a fare for it. Right. (laughs) Just to take a gas. Not have to sit squeezed between so many people. (laughs) Exactly. And I, you know, I can play my music out loud in my car. So, little things like that. But, um, yeah. So, and then for me, I guess, a little bit of my history with travel and all. Um, I'm obviously born and raised in Pennsylvania, but my dad... Dallas proud. Yes, (laughs) Dallas and Houston. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but my dad was the very, like, exotic traveler type. Mm -hmm. He was born in Germany, and he grew up a military brat and then ended up joining the military himself uh when he became of age and was just everywhere from central america to the middle east to south america and did a lot of traveling and i think through that i always had a travel bug in me and yeah I, I funny how you loved, get that from your parents yeah, right yeah and i just loved travel so um that's my that's my history with I guess my where my desire came from yeah. of wanting to move around and see different things. Is- I found out in late high school that we had almost had the opportunity to move back to Scotland when I was in middle school oh, or wow. like maybe move to Malaysia. Because my dad, uh, when we moved back to the States, uh-huh. um, he still worked for an oil business. And so mm-hmm. he would travel all the time to China, to he used to work in Angola and Argentina. And so wow. he was he was gone all the time. Yeah. Um, always traveling. And then, you know, mom being a flight attendant, it was Mm -hmm. like, well, (laughs) I got this from somewhere. But yeah, I was sitting there thinking, man, what if I had moved again? What if I had gotten, you know, in late high school Uh to 
go to school somewhere else. You know, would right. I still, Ooh, would this, would I have kind of realized this travel bug about myself earlier or yeah. I don't know. I think it would have been looking back now, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. looking back now, I'm going, mm-hmm. oh, you know, darn, I wish I had done that. Or I wish we'd, you know, that opportunity had actually come true. But right. I even thought about that with college. I thought maybe, you know, going abroad for, yeah, all, for all, like, four years. all four years and doing my undergrad abroad. And cause I have one of one friend that I have, she's actually doing that and she got her undergrad abroad mm-hmm. and it's always been like sort of what you're saying, something that if I, I did, wonder you know, what would it, yeah, <laughs> what would it been like, and yeah, so that's always been in the back of my head, but I'm glad that, you know, I did get to study abroad in college. I know not everybody does get that opportunity and we both <laughs> were able should. to do that. You really should. Yes. (laughs) And let's talk about that. So I'll briefly go into my experience, then you can share yours. Uh, With me, I knew going into school, I wanted to study at Trinity College in Dublin, Ireland. I love that you were set on that. Like, (laughs) yep, this is where I'm going. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I was so set on it. In high school, you had to, I think it was, I don't know if my junior year or my senior year, but you had to write down, like your goals and aspirations. And that was one thing like I knew I wanted to do Trinity college, Dublin, Ireland. I am studying there at some point. <laughs> Good to have goals. So yes. And when I got to school, I, it was my freshman year and I was such a baby and I was sitting in my Spanish class. It was first semester too. So I didn't really, you know, you're not freshman year, first semester. You were not really talking to people in class. We that were much. there for that. Yeah. You're, just like, <laughs> you're like, I need to get through keep, my day. Right. You just keep to yourself. And I had, um, one girl was sitting in front of me who is now one of my best friends and my friend Kenzie, she turned around to me at the time. I, we had only conversed a little bit here and there and like in studied Spanish, for some right? ex- Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And studied for some exams together. And she turned around and just said, Hey, I'm going to, uh, Granada, Spain in like J- June and I need a roommate and you should come. <laughs> I didn't know and that's was, how that started. Yeah, that's I how, knew you went with her, but I didn't know how you right, started that. It was so random. And um, she was a year ahead of me too, which is why it was even more random. Yeah, that's one of those cool little universe moments. It's like, hey, this is where you should be. Yes, <laughs> yes. Literally, like God working his magic and put go. me where I needed to go. So I had always wanted to go to go to Spain. In high school, we it was my senior of high school. We actually did one of those, you know, high school trips where you, it's like. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it wasn't for, like, it wasn't a class trip, but they were those, um, like, sponsored, you yeah, yeah, have yeah. a chaperone, and, like, you pay to go, and they just pretty much create an itinerary for you. So we had one of those programs, and it took you to, I think, Paris and, like, Barcelona and Madrid. And I wanted to go so bad. I am a huge Cheetah Girls fan. <laughs> <laughs> Funerals was the first movie I watched upon moving back to Texas, and I was like, this is American culture? What? I remember that one vividly. That's how I met my best friend in Houston now. Is Yeah, her mom invited me. Not even her. Her mom invited me over to watch Cheetah Girls. It's and I just remember a, looking at it going, is it? What? What a franchise. Well, in the second movie, as many of you probably know, was shot, actually. Disney, the budget. It was mm-hmm. shot in Spain. And I always wanted to go to Barcelona and just Spain in general. Just cheetah so, girls it out. <laughs> yes. And once I found out about this program, you know, freshman year, you're not even really thinking about studying abroad at all. Mm-mm. So I was like, all right, like, I'll think about it. I told Kenzie, I was like, I'll think about it. And I went home to my 
dorm. <laughs> I came home to me. <laughs> I came home to you. <laughs> and I just started researching it. And it turned out to be one of the cheapest of the study abroads. It was a five-week program in Granada, Spain, which is a small town in the south of Spain. And it looked incredible, like homestay. Um, the town was, it was still a city, I guess you can say, but very small, like town feel. And it looked exactly like it was for me. So I called my parents. I remember talking it over with them and my dad was just like, yes, you're doing this. <laughs> he was on it. And yeah, I applied and Mackenzie and I ended up being roommates. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so crazy. And we did, Another we, little universe we had moment. a homestay and we lived with Maria, who we call her mama Maria. She was this, uh, she's a very sweet, um, woman who just, pretty much we lived with her and she lived alone. So it was just a really interesting experience to live in someone else's home, but also be a part of their life. Yeah. That's a very unique, you yeah. really got exposed to the culture there. Oh yeah. You and know, we, instead of living in a flat or in a dorm with other people, you are fully in somebody's house. Exactly. And like, we didn't know Spanish that well at all. Yeah. You know, like forget we were, that freshman year class. Yeah, you were we in were it. really bad. Like we don't learn, no offense much over here in the States. Like, I had no It's hard to learn another language without so being completely hard. immersed in it. Oh, yeah. Well, and even, like, words over there, we were quickly learning, like... <laughs> are not what's such, in your textbook. Right. It's not what's in our textbook. Because over here in the States, we learn... I don't know how to put it, but I guess the Very Spanish organized language. to the south of us, which is, like, ah, Mexico and, like, yeah, yeah. what we think of, like, Hispanic Latin America, cultures. America, that kind of thing. Yeah. But over, you know, to the west of us or, yeah, to the east of us. The east, depending on which way the world you go <laughs> around. Yeah. <laughs> wherever you're at, find Spain and, like, wherever in that direction. Spin your globe around. Yeah. Um, we, uh, that might be a good know, thing to have during that. this conversation. Hey, pull out your globe. Pull out a globe. Sit there in front of us. So when we talk about all these places, you can find where they are. <laughs> Follow, there's a quiz at the end. Um, yeah, so we didn't really learn that sort of Spanish. I mean, obviously we knew enough to get by, but it really wasn't until we got there and we started living with her and then just in the town in general, mm -hmm. you know, it's not, it's such a small town and it's more traditional. Like they do the siestas truly during the day where you, it's such a great thing. I so wish we did that over here. So I mean, technically great. I already do, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> 2.30 hits and I'm like, good night. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, for those of you who don't know, a siesta is pretty much like from 12, p.m. to 3 p.m. It's, it's like that long. Oh, it's like a three to four hour. Yeah. Oh, that sounds and amazing. It's beautiful because most businesses then it's very interesting. Everything opens sort of later and they close later at night. Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff closes around like restaurants and stuff here in the States or at least in not really in New York, but in a lot of like, you know, typical towns, you have businesses close around like nine, 10 o'clock at night these places are open to like 11 o'clock and people like the elderly are out walking around at 11 <laughs> o'clock at night, like babies and children. Like it's insane. Everybody's just up so much later because you have this big break in the day to just nap and eat. And it's very interesting. So, um, my mom and I were in Italy and we kind of discovered the same thing. We were, yeah. we were going for dinner at like 9 PM. Whereas mm -hmm. historically, like I eat around five, right? right. I eat a very, early dinner but yeah I worked with an Egyptian guy um when I worked at a hospital in Houston and he said the same thing he was like we're up so late he's like I I don't eat breakfast or lunch until you know almost noon uh-huh and I was sitting there thinking man I get up at 5 30 every morning I could never <laughs> ever ever do that no it's wild um but on that real quick there's an Instagram page called blue mm -hmm. zones 
just oh. that's all it is. But it's their bio says uh, longevity and happiness secrets from the most extraordinary populations on earth. And it talks about places like that. The ones that, you know, take oh, time awesome. out of the day to have their siesta right. or whatever. Um, like there's some really cute pictures. There's a little kid holding a bunch of plants in this field or they talk about, you know, populations that drink a whole lot of wine. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely check it out. Because cool, another one is the like the main thing uh, for Adventists. I think I said that right. Uh-huh. Um, is oatmeal. And there's this beautiful picture of all these fruits in it. And they're like, yeah, they jazz it up. Like this is the main thing. It's a dietary essential. Um, but it talks about all these different aspects so of life from these blue zones of the world okay. that, you know, maybe live a little differently from us or, you know, vastly different from uh-huh. us. Uh, Greece is on here too. There's a picture of wow. an older couple like holding hands and walking down the beach. Oh, precious. Um, but yeah, no, that's super cool. So check awesome. out that Yeah, I'll too. throw it in the bio. Random um, little plug that I just found the other day. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I lo- oh, love travel accounts. <laughs> yeah, so I guess in general, my whole experience with Spain was... It was absolutely the, and I loved my, when I did my other study abroad that I'll get to in Ireland, Granada though, it was just the happiest I've ever been in my entire life. I know that sounds so sappy and cheesy, but the people I met there. It's like the whole study abroad changes my life. Well, actually it does. So I don't (laughs) need that from you. (laughs) You're just saying that because you don't know. (laughs) It does. It's so great. And I, it was just so meant to be in my life because at that moment I was sort of, I was trying to figure out, you know, how I was going to pay for college and thinking about graduating early, but I wasn't sure if I could. And then once I got on this path of, all right, if I, you know, really go for it, I can graduate early, but then it is going to suck not having friends to graduate with. Well, on that study abroad, I met all my friends that I have now, and it was just such an experience that I know is meant to happen in my life. And then even my host mother, like the relationship that uh, Mackenzie and I had with her was absolutely incredible. And we still talk like to this day, we met friends there in Granada that we still talk to this day. Um, it was such an experience and I'm so glad I did it. And yeah, but then, okay. So moving on from that, having done that, I still you got I two. I did. You I got, got two. two. I'm and so I jealous I about that. I don't know how I did it. I really don't. <laughs> you're, you're a champ is what you are. <laughs> I don't know how you juggled college and school. Uh, that's the same thing. Classes yeah. and a job and a social life. Yeah. And you have to go abroad twice. I know. I, I really don't. You have, <laughs> you have a much higher operating system than the rest of us ple- like I peasants have, over here. I, I can do it. At, like when I have something on my list, like I get it done yeah. and I'm going to do it. So I like expedited all my classes and finished that stuff early. But then I got to go my junior slash senior year. I went abroad to Trinity College, Trinity College <laughs> in Dublin. Like <laughs> dreams do happen, people. I made it. And yeah, so I spent a whole semester in the fall in Dublin, Ireland, and it was absolutely incredible. Um, I traveled to so many different places and like all throughout Europe. You went to Scotland. I did go to Scotland. <laughs> Beautiful. I went to Edinburgh and was Glasgow. it overcast? It was typical. Yeah. <laughs> Edinburgh, it you get that like bad. eighty-six days yes. a year that are not overcast, and they are gorgeous and beyond compare. But yeah, no, most yeah, times Glasgow it rained so much, and I kind of want to go back just to 
hopefully like see it again when because I feel like that's sort of damp literally dampen the mood yeah no it does Glasgow is one of my dad's favorite places Glasgow and mm-hmm. um like St. Andrews because my yeah. dad loves golf so he like mom didn't even like golf or whiskey <laughs> or something she'll probably tell you this too she didn't like either of those things where they went over there I don't think dad did either and by the end they were like nope scotch this is what we're doing yeah <laughs> no but they loved it so. yeah but I feel like um you know when you're abroad and you're walking around and trying to see as much as you can that's not something you want to do while it's raining. No. So I know I went with my friend Michaela and what happened with us is we were walking around all day because we wanted to get to places and see stuff, but it was raining and it yeah. sort of like sucked. So I would like to go back now anticipating the rain and like yeah, knowing what to yeah, expect. And sort of plan yeah. around that and just know what to expect, like you said, and just go enjoy it again in Edinburgh. <laughs> did you get to see, I don't think we talked about this. Did you get to see the uh, Edinburgh military tattoo? No. Okay, so that's in, I think it's in August most years. There's something about bagpipes and drums that just will set your heart on fire. Mm -hmm. And it's the coolest thing ever. (laughs) Um, But they do this military tattoo and it's bands from all over the world that come in, like pipes and drums bands. And there was one, I I think they were Swiss. But they come in and they, it's this infamous like Swiss drum corps uh-huh. and they like the drums light up, they turn off all, it's in a castle. So you oh, sit wow. in these, in this castle and it's like, it's not bleachers, but it's like grandstands all the way around. Yeah. And then they do the whole, like the queen's procession. Um, wow. Yeah. This Swiss drum thing, they're like throwing their sticks and it's like, a, it's like a drum, like trick show, Yeah. but it's so very cool. And then all the bands come out at the end. Um, but that's one of the biggest like attractions oh, in Edinburgh awesome. as well. It's amazing. So for all yeah. the listeners, if you ever get the chance to be in Edinburgh in April, even if it rains, they will provide <laughs> you with ponchos. Go sit through it. It's it's. I want to go back amazing. so bad. I really, um, while I haven't been to much of Europe, I have been to a good majority of Europe, I guess, especially in the north. Mm-hmm. Um and I still, I'm such a sucker for the UK. I just, it's so me. Like, <laughs> yeah. I know people hate rain. I kind of love like overcast days and like sweater weather. And yeah, <laughs> I, I have an appreciation that, like, for it from a distance. <laughs> yeah, like sun is fun, but <laughs> I do like, I love like So what we're finding out is Catherine is a vampire. Yes. <laughs> and wind and like rain, not intense rain. Yeah. Like I was saying, when a I little was in drizzle Glasgow, kind of like thing. it was like a lot of heavy rain, but mm-hmm. like a little, dr- like I do, I, and I just, I love the history of, um, the United Kingdom and in Ireland as well, like castles and all of that. It's really interesting. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that was my study abroad experience in summary. Um, Dublin was absolutely incredible and I'm so glad that I did it. And again, like <laughs> one of those experiences where, I was just so blessed to do it because I got to reconnect with a lot of people from my childhood that I never thought I would. Um, If they're listening and I hope they are my (laughs) one friend, Michaela, for instance, we had known each other sort of like throughout our lives, like our families knew each other. And in high school we were close because we were vice president and president of our key club. And, you know, we had similar friend groups and we were good friends. That's very on brand for you. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Um, But yeah. And then, you know, college happens and you don't really connect with people the same way you used to. So once, once I knew I was going abroad, I think I was on Facebook the one day and saw that she was going to be studying in Galway. 
which is not isn't hard that at all cool. From, isn't that wild? So I had that said, happen to me so many times. Yeah, I was like you're here too. <laughs> it was wild, and um, it was just so funny because we literally spent pretty much every week together, just either traveling to different places together or like she would come in since I lived in Dublin and she flew out of Dublin a lot. Like she'd come in and stay over at my place in order to like get up the next day and use the airport. Yeah, That's the nice thing about having people in all corners of the world. So if you need a couch to crash on, kind of like, Hey, I know we haven't talked in 15 years, but can I sleep on your couch? Yeah. So it was just so much fun. And it, that brought us closer together. Um, my friend Liz, who we were literally inseparable best friends when we were in like elementary school growing yeah. up, but then we went to different like middle schools and high schools. And honestly, like our paths never really crossed that much, but mm-hmm. then she was living in a town right outside of Dublin. And we, I mean, we went to Amsterdam together. We went to different towns in Ireland. You together. really find out who your close friends are when exactly. you do that. Cause they're the ones that make the effort to see you even when you're on the other side of the world, yeah. you know? And if they happen to be in the same place, I don't believe in coincidences. So uh-huh. the people that I met and the people that I reconnected with, yeah, there's, and, and that's there's like, a reason for that. <laughs> right. And that's the craziest thing too about friendship. Cause I'm such a firm believer and, and that's sort of how I think I am as a friend. Like we could not, talk in the longest time we could not sit down or go out and like hang out in the longest time yeah but you and i didn't see each other at all junior year because you went around the fall and i was going to the spring (laughs) yeah we didn't see each other for over a year yeah and um yeah pretty much describing our friendship but like it's that type (laughs) of thing where i'll be the friend where i'm always there Mm -hmm. and i will always check in every once in a while and then when we do get together the best kinds of friendships are the ones where it's like not right where you left off you pick up right where you left off So, um, that's how I found a lot of my study abroad experience to be, but then I did also meet some new people out of it. Uh, I had roommates from all over my like flatmates who lived in Dublin with me, like two girls were from Australia. One girl was from Montreal. Um, we had a guy from DC and then a girl from California. So it was, yeah, quite a wide variety of people there. Uh Uh-huh. But yeah, it was such a great experience and I really encourage everybody to do it. And speaking of that, you know, <laughs> we want to get your <laughs> Turn take. Turn the mic around. Um, so I mentioned this earlier, but you know, there was always the joke of like, oh, did you study abroad? Like <laughs> study abroad's life changing. Yada, yada. Oh, I had this like bagel. Oops. One time in Paris <laughs> and it changed my life. Whatever. You know, there's all those yeah. jokes that are out there. Well, I low key used to make them too. And then I came back and I was like, oh. I I get it now. (laughs) I understand. Um, So I decided I, we were talking about this earlier. Mm -hmm. I can't give you a, you know, hard and fast reason that I wanted to go to New Zealand Mm because that's where I went for study abroad. Um, I just remember thinking, you know, I've lived in Europe before. Mm -hmm. I had just gone on a trip to France, Italy and um, Switzerland with my mom. And so I was like, you know, I, my mom loves Europe. So I, if I yeah. want to go, I'm going to go with her. But, um, I was thinking what other time am I going to have to live, um, in like the Australia, New Zealand area. Mm-hmm. And I like Australia. It was just really big. And so I was thinking, well, you know, New Zealand's a little out there. <laughs> Not a whole lot of people go there. And they had just started a partner program with university of Canterbury, which is where I was. Okay. Um, there was, I think there was one kid that went before me. Alex Vitek, wow. if he happens oh, to listen yeah. to this. Yeah, no, he went the uh, he went the first semester they started it. Okay. And he went by himself. When I went over there, I originally thought I was going to be going by myself. Um, and then my other friend, we weren't terribly close at the time. We are now. But my other uh-huh. friend, Bryce, ended up, we were talking in class one day. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to go study abroad in New Zealand. He's like, oh, that'd be cool. And then he came back <laughs> maybe two days later and he was like, 
do you care if I study abroad in New Zealand too? And I was like, nah, go for it. Like, come with yeah. me. It'll be fun. Um, we lived in different flats because they did, uh, they did co-ed flats, which I uh-huh. wasn't really expecting when I went over there. It was nice to have my own room for once. But yeah, um, yeah so I lived in Christchurch because um, Canterbury, it's kind of like, you know, we have states here. We're in New York City, but mm-hmm. it's in the state of New York. For them, it was you're in Christchurch, but it's in the region of Canterbury. So okay. it was University of Canterbury. They have the same thing for like University of Otago is in Dunedin, but it's oh, yeah. in the Otago region, that kind of thing. But I, yeah, no, I moved down there because the seasons are flipped. Mm-hmm. I had a really, really long winter break right? Um, between first and second semester junior year. And so I was home for like two months, like came home mid-December mm-hmm. and I didn't leave until uh, kind of mid-February to go over there. Okay. Um, but for them, that was their like quote unquote fall semester. I got made fun of a lot for saying fall <laughs> instead of autumn because yeah. Ameri- apparently it's the American thing to be like, ha ah, leaves <laughs> fall down. So it's called fall. But that was their semester one, if you will. Okay. Um, and so we got there and it was summer and we figured out pretty quickly how to take the buses around because i met my flatmates were three other american third years wow um and then one first year kiwi boy who was very sweet but it was his first semester of uni ever and so he came up to us and he was like so you know like what's uni like what should i expect and we were like homeboy we don't know we just got here too it's gonna be completely different from ours um but no it was a good group of kids i never got terribly close with them because we were all kind of doing our own thing right um, there was a huge group of geologists that came over and had been on this like five week field camp. So the only, like probably the only complaint I had was, um, they put all of the international students together mm-hmm. in like one housing complex. Right. So it was really hard to, unless you were in classes with other Kiwis, it was really hard to meet locals. Uh-huh. Um, unless of course they threw a random first year in with you like they did with us. Yeah. Um, but there was this huge group of geologists. There were like 60 of them mm-hmm. um, that had all been there on this five-week field camp. So they all knew yeah. each other. So I kind of came in and I was like, I don't know anybody here. <laughs> and you all already know each other. Like I knew Bryce, but uh-huh. he was in his own flat as well with three British girls that are also absolutely lovely. Okay. Um, we still talk to them too. We have a big group text now. Cute. Um, but yeah, we got there. And the first couple of weeks I found myself like hanging out with other internationals. But I knew that what I wanted out of my study abroad experience was to really immerse myself in the culture and Mm -hmm. become friends with the locals and kind of build a life for myself by myself, you know, not have to rely on having a partner or having a program tell me, okay, we're going to do this trip this weekend and we're going to do this. So we learned the currency. I opened Uh my own bank account. (laughs) I took classes. I I steered clear of the classes that were like study abroad classes, you know, that were all Americans. I took one. And it was called Land Journeys and Ethics. And they had, okay. it was basically a glorified like backpacking class, yeah. which was super cool because they took us on this three-day backpacking trip. Okay. And I, holy cow, that pack was probably half as heavy as I am. Wow. And I carried that on my back for three days. And we hiked, we hiked so, we hiked probably, it was like 20-something kilometers. Oh, my goodness. I can't even do that in miles now. It was, a, and it, yeah. was in mount, it was in the mountains. We were fully in the mountains, and it was a lot but what was cool about it is that what I really liked about New Zealand is Europe is cool because you get to see all the really old like architecture and it's a lot of really old history. New Zealand was more of you saw uh, like the Maori people, the like uh-huh. indigenous culture. You saw a lot of natural wonder, mm-hmm. you know, with the, like with the volcanoes and you hear about all the stories um, and the mountains and the sea. Like the mountains and the sea yeah. are right there. You see both of them at the same time, all these beautiful structures. Yeah. Um, 
So that was a really cool thing mm-hmm. that we got to do over there. A lot of my classes, I take a French class over there. Yeah. My first, this is just a funny story. My first day of French, my professor, I didn't open my mouth yet, right? It, mm-hmm. was, it was a small class. There was like 19 of us. <laughs> and I was the only American. Like very clearly the second I walked in knew that. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't open my mouth. And he said something like, oh, I hate the sound of French in an American accent. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm just never going to open my mouth then. He did obviously end up finding out later that I was American. Uh-huh. He was like, oh, I insulted you that first day, didn't I? And I was like, it's okay. And he goes, no, no, no. I didn't mean that like I don't like American accents. He said, you guys are just so expressive. Right. And he said, and French is very monotone. We, mm-hmm. we say everything in the same kind of thing. And you Americans are like, ooh. He goes, it's awesome for storytelling. So but many weird words. Like yeah, exactly. The- no, we don't even say weird words. I would argue that they have weirder words. And I was talking to one of them about this the other day. Like one word, first of all, everything's shortened. It's like okay. chalky milk or you're having brekkie or you're going to the supo right. and stuff like that, right? But they have one word that can mean like seven different things. Mm-hmm. And so every time I hear it, I have to pause and go, okay, in this context, does this mean rain? Does this mean <laughs> joke? Does this mean, you know, anger? It's right. something different every time. <laughs> but no, so that was very cool. I knew in like, I went over in February. I knew by March that I wanted to go back mm-hmm. um, and that I felt like that's where I was supposed to be. Right. We talked about this a little bit earlier, too, but I really liked the person that I was over there. I liked that mm-hmm. I got to make a life for myself and pick sure. my friends um, and learn about another culture that I was so unfamiliar with. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I knew in March that I wanted to go back over there. So I'm currently working on grad school or my yes. PhD over there because I just I fell in love with the university and the people mm-hmm. and everything else like that. So, yeah, very, very, very cool. Absolutely would re- recommend. Yada, yada. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's how I think for me, you know, being over in Dublin and Ireland in general, it was such a unique, like, experience, I guess experience, I keep using that word, but (laughs) that's what it was. Yeah, it was. And, um, cause for me, like my ancestry, we are a whole heck of a lot of Irish in us. (laughs) So, um, we actually have, my mom had looked into it a few years ago of our ancestors and we have like dates and names first and last, which was pretty cool Mm -hmm. of the individuals who immigrated from Ireland. And yeah, like it went back to like 18, I think I want to say like 1867 That's or cool so. that you know the, you know the date and everything. Yeah, we always so. joke about this. We have no idea. We're, <laughs> we're like kind of Scottish, whatever. My mom did one of those 23andMe and we found out our Neanderthal trait is uh, straight hair. Stop. <laughs> That's all we know. <laughs> but yeah, so it, it was just something that was really cool, I think, for me personally to, you know, make my way back to the country where... Get to see some of your yeah, heritage. and... Yeah. But anyways, so you <laughs> <laughs> cannot say I'm New Zealand's in my heritage, but maybe I'll make it that way. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, something cool I wanted to talk about with you is mm-hmm. that when you were in New Zealand, you didn't just study. You also, you know, did some sports while you were there. <laughs> I did. So I'm a coxswain on Fordham's men's rowing team mm-hmm. right now. And so I went over there and I was like, you know, I don't want to kind of lose this and it right. like New Zealand's known for their rowing uh-huh. so I was like well maybe I'll join a maybe I'll join the rowing team over there but I you know they're probably gonna be a much higher caliber than I'm used to <laughs> but I went to club day and I walked around and um I convinced probably one of my closest friends while I was over there her name's Brooke mm-hmm. um convinced her to sign up with me she's very tall plays volleyball and I was like you would be a great rower come <laughs> be a novice um but because of NCAA I couldn't cox the women 
Um, oh, cause like we're not allowed to cox women under any other flag, yada, yada, whatever, which is fine with me. I wanted to be a men's coxswain anyways. Right. So I went over to the table and she looked at both of us and she, you know, this girl's also like a foot taller than me. Uh-huh. She's like, Oh, are you guys interested in rowing? And I said, well, actually I'm a coxswain. And the poor girl was like, oh, please join. <laughs> like we need coxswains. And I was like, Oh, okay. All right. Oh, that's funny. Um, yeah. So we went to boat day. Um, I learned very quickly that they use different terminology than we do when okay. it comes to boat. Like we have our own language, anyways, with like "wayna" and "starboard port," whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh no, not the case over there. For them, like "wayna," which means stop, for us is easy. Okay. Which in the U.S. is kind of like a, okay, like settle into it, you know, but keep rowing. So the first time I said "easy" and they all just stopped, I was like, "What, what are you doing? We gotta go." <laughs> um, bow side, stroke side, whatever you want to call it. But no, that was it. Was really funny. And I love that group of guys with my whole heart. Uh-huh. But <laughs> it was really funny my first couple of days there because we all drove to – we, like, carpooled to practice. Okay. training, as they would call it. Um, <laughs> we all carpooled, and I was very quiet in the first couple of days because I was really awkward. And, mm-hmm. I like, they, they had their own language. They would be right. saying stuff in the car, and I was like, I have no idea – what that sentence just meant. <laughs> so after a while, when I kind of get a little more comfortable, I'd say, okay, no, 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 pause, back up, go like six words back. What did this one mean? Like, okay. what does chur mean? Which means like, thank you, or like an acknowledgement. To, like, to this day, I still probably couldn't even tell you. Uh-huh. But I probably learned the most about their slang, mm-hmm. I think, in those car rides to practice. And I told them that later on, too. I was like, I probably learned the most from spending this much time with you guys. Mm-hmm. And even now, like that group of people are probably the ones that I talk to the most like coming back uh-huh. we have a couple group texts and occasionally I'll still like throw something in there hey okay. still here they still invite me to events on Facebook which just makes me really happy like they all know I'm not going to be able to be there yeah except because this is being broadcast after I do it <laughs> I'm going back to surprise them um we co- I coxed yes. it um like uni nationals uni games we mm-hmm. called it and several of them were super sweet and they were like you're so you're gonna come back next year and cox us right and I was like <laughs> oh guys I want to. I'm not going to be a student anymore, so I can't. But it worked out perfectly that um, Uni Games is over our Easter break. Fine. So I was like, you know what? I want to go back. I'm going to do it. So I only talked to the captain about it. He's the only one that knows I'm okay. coming back. Um, and we worked it out that I'm going to fly in, and then I'm going to surprise them. It's in Twizel this year, which is a, okay. it's still on the South Island, which is where I was. But it's a little ways inland. So... I'm going to go back and I'm going to surprise them. And That's I'm so, so excited about it. Like, I can't think about it too, for too long before I go to sleep because, like, my heart rate will get right. going. And I'm like, okay, relax. It's okay. It's not going to happen yet. It's <laughs> happening in 45 days. But <laughs> it's so, yeah. I'm so I'm excited, so excited about it. Like, I've never been sure, surer of knowing where I'm supposed to be or where I'm supposed to end up. I don't know mm-hmm. how I'm going to get back to New Zealand, but I'm going to do it, you know? That's exactly how I felt about <laughs> Like my love for London and the UK that I had established when I was over there, mm-hmm. I I came back and I was talking with my family about it, and I said I can't explain it, but I just know at some point in my life I'm supposed to be there. I said the same, and I'm thing. not saying like yeah. I'm supposed to be there for the rest of my ah, life. I'm not yep. even saying I need to be there for a year. Yeah, but like I just need to be there at some point of my life, like for myself. Yeah. And I was trying to be really smart about that too. When I first pitched it to my parents, mm-hmm. like they've lived abroad, so they like. Obviously, that was an assignment, but yeah. I told them, I was like, I, that's where I feel like I'm supposed to be. Right. I don't know when, I don't know how, I don't know for how long, but something tells me that that is where I'm mm-hmm. supposed to be right now. And, you know, at first my dad was like, okay, how can we make that happen in like a, a smart way? Uh-huh. And my mom was kind of like, well, okay, you know, if that's how you feel, we'll, we'll, we'll see what we out. can do. Yeah. yeah. So they're super supportive about it. I don't think my grandparents are thrilled. Yeah. Because <laughs> they are not thrilled at the 
prospect of a 15 hour flight to come see me. Exactly. But yeah, when you know, you know, and totally, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> and I, it makes me really happy to hear you say that yeah. because now I feel a little bit more validated because I looked at it first of, okay, am I just emotional and I miss being there and whatever, mm-hmm. but it's been nine months. I know that still, still have a feeling. Yeah. And I hope that sort of motivates and inspires other people to go abroad, whether it be for school or just your individual and personal travel, because it really is a great experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess going off of that, um, I have some fun little topics to discuss and some questions that people had wrote in to be answered. So I thought we could just start going through that and play like a fun little game going back and forth. Yeah, and- if you <laughs> Um, all right. So packing a suitcase, this is a big one. Um, what are the essentials and like, what are some hacks you found to packing light? Hacks I found to packing light. So this is going to be a, this is going to be a Candace hack. Mom taught me this one. Um, if you're going backpacking, Uh take old clothes, take old socks, old underwear, old t-shirts, stuff that you you know, would be okay with never seeing again. Right. And she said, what you do is you wear those while you're there mm-hmm. and then you leave them behind in the hotel. And that uh-huh. makes sure, cause you know, you're out, you're traveling somewhere. There's a good chance you're going to buy something or you're going to yeah. buy another t-shirt. And she said, so you leave hopefully <laughs> with the same weight of a backpack as you left, as you originally like departed with, uh-huh. but it's all the same. Uh, or you've got like new stuff or you've got a new t-shirt or you, you know, you don't come back completely weighed down. So that was a cool, like, backpacking thing she taught, um, or she taught me. But packing essentials, what do you think? Let me think a little more about mine. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I guess just to answer packing light, that's awesome that you said that, because I did that too, especially when I went abroad to study. Yeah. And, like, I knew I needed bedding. For me, I knew I needed bedding. My mom said that. She was like, okay, look, towels. We're going to take some, like, ratty old towels, you know, like, hanging around in the house. And, like, the oldest bedding, like, twin bed sheets we have. And I packed those mm-hmm. and just left them over there. And then I was able to get, like, you the know, stuff a you couple bought. sweaters that I needed when it got colder out. And able, yeah, stuff that I would buy along the way. And um, oh, that's tennis shoes. really... Yes. <laughs> tennis shoes, sneakers, whatever you want to call them. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a really... It's a really great hack. Um, in the essentials, I mean... It really, I feel like it depends on the climate you're headed into. For mm-hmm. me, when I did Dublin, I knew that it was going to be raining. Mm-hmm. So I got myself a rain jacket, but one that was like nice enough that I could sort of shrivel it up into a ball. Yeah. In yeah, yeah. terms of like packing stuff on the road. Um, and then like rain boots, but. Yeah, it's, it's all about how you... Like, yeah, and this one isn't really too. a... I guess it could be packing light, but wear your heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. Wear your boots, wear oh your jackets. Gosh, yeah. whatever. And that was a big thing that I had to learn coming back and forth from New York. There have been so many times in the summer that I'm wearing mm-hmm. like my bean boots leaving <laughs> Texas to take them back to New York so I don't have yeah. to pack them because they're huge. But yeah, rolling stuff up, putting them in shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're moving, so like big suitcase, vacuum-sealed bags... Yes. Are a godsend. You taught me. You that, personally taught did me. Did so I teach you that way? Yeah. <laughs> You'd come in with your like t shirts freshman year and like little, oh, it was amazing. Uh, yeah, because I rolled up to school with two full size suitcases, <laughs> one like carry on size suitcase and a backpack. And yeah. I think that's, and maybe like a tiny little duffel bag. Yeah. But that's to this day, you know, I've, you know, I've, obviously I found friends, I found you and stuff uh-huh. where I could send stuff to and you guys would bring yeah. things to school. But yeah, you. if you have only as much as you can carry, you really learn what you need mm-hmm. and what you don't need. Yeah. 
And I think another thing I wanted to bring up, especially for girls, a lot of people think makeup. If you wear a lot of makeup, that's the biggest question I get a lot of times. Foundation with sunscreen in it. Yeah. Thank you, foundation (laughs) with sunscreen in it. Um, Also, I think it's sort of a great learning lesson that you don't really need a lot of makeup. That was what I was going to say. I was going to say, this is fully your department because I don't wear makeup all that (laughs) often. And if I do, I grab a tube of mascara and Mm -hmm. some chapstick. Like, I, I call like it prior good. to abroad, I used to wear, you know, not a ton of eyeshadow, but way more eyeshadow, yeah. you know, than, you know, one normally should or would normally would wear. And an eyeshadow palette is something really unnecessary to be lugging around with you. Yeah. So I just stopped wearing eyeshadow. I, like, you know, bring some mascara, some foundation, get one with, like, a good SPF in it. And if you could just find, like, a good moisturizer. Yeah. That's oh, really... and a packing hack, bring a hat. Yeah. You can't, like, you can't go wrong with a hat, you know? Uh, Maybe you have hat hair, but at least your face isn't burned and you're not wet if it's raining. Exactly. <laughs> so that's a, a great little hack I found, too. Um, but yeah, in terms of essentials, I mean, depending how long you're going, stuff like toothpaste, all that get at the airport or find like some sort definitely, of definitely yeah toothpaste and a toothbrush i have recently become a full advocate of dry shampoo i used mm-hmm. to hate like going days without showering but sometimes right. you're in a situation where you, you can't i've yeah. also learned that anytime i travel especially on planes because mm-hmm. my hair is very thin and it's very straight and static electricity is not my friend yeah and so every time i get on a plane i do two two twin braids uh-huh. and that can probably stay in for two days without me having to worry about it after that yeah. you throw some dry shampoo and you're good to go right it's, yeah, 100%. And also... Um, Sorry, guys, that doesn't really apply to you. <laughs> well, no, but even, like, I, I don't really dry my hair in general. I kind of let it go naturally curly, and then if I want to straighten it, I straighten it. But I don't think I brought a hair dryer with me or all That's of also that hard, stuff. too, because voltage is different, mm-hmm. and the, um, what's called, the plugins. Oh, yes. Where are the, the prongs are different. Uh-huh. Um and it can, like, the voltage can fry your hair dryer. Normally phones and like yeah. laptop chargers and stuff like that's okay, but hair dryers, straighteners, any kind of like hair product mm-hmm. or appliances, I careful. suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Don't blow up your Airbnb because <laughs> your hair dryer doesn't adapt. <laughs> um, and then going off of that, I have, um, I guess, what's your most, your must-have travel item? For me, I would have to say like a curl cream for my hair because with that yeah. like I don't really need to worry about when you're traveling like the last thing you want to worry about is your hair like you want to actually enjoy the places you're in yeah. and like not spend that much time uh especially when you be ready. taking pictures and stuff right <laughs> you don't want to worry about your hair exactly and um yeah so I like I said don't really dry my hair so I make sure I have a good curl cream with me and I literally shower put that in and I'm ready to go yeah that's like my must have mm-hmm. travel item specifically like Miss Jessie's curl cream. <laughs> Here's the I, brand. It's the brand. It's great if you have curly hair. Um, that's mine. How about you? Um, a portable charger. Oh yes. Yeah. So that's portable like a very charger. practical. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. like a person that would probably be my, that was the first thing that came to mind when you said that. Uh-huh. Um, I can't think of a, Hmm. Yeah, mine would definitely be a portable charger. I feel like a good pair of shoes, too. Good pair of shoes, and if you're on long-haul flights, compression socks. Good idea. Compression socks have been a godsend. Someone bought me uh, compression socks before I left for Australia um, about a year and a half ago now, 
And that was like, that's the longest flight I've ever been on. It was 19 hours from Houston to Sydney. Wow. And that's it was, well, another question somebody had, um, was when you're packing, I feel like shoes are super important in terms of space Mm -hmm. and your suitcase and just what you need. And somebody was asking, you know, how do you decide which shoes you need? And that's a really great question. Yeah. And I think for me, it's sort of what you were saying before. Wear the heaviest ones you have on the plane with you. Absolutely. You can always take your shoes off on the plane. Right. Put them on if you're going to the bathroom. Right. But <laughs> And you honestly don't even need, like, I think having traveled so much just with one backpack, mm-hmm. <laughs> you realize you really don't need that much with you. And most of the so. time it takes that first trip where you overpack mm-hmm. and right. you realize. And then you, mm-hmm. like, you rise up real quick. Yeah. I've definitely had that trip before. But oh, yeah. I'm trying to think of the shoes, the shoes I took to New Zealand, I took my tennis shoes because mm-hmm. I knew I would need those. I took a pair of jandals, like sandals. Uh-huh. Um, I took a pair of hiking boots. Obviously yeah. I was in New Zealand. I knew I was going to be hiking. Oh, yeah. And then I took one pair of like nice heels, but I didn't take uh-huh. the ones that like have a whole lot of shape. I took the ones that are like one strap and like nice. a strap around the ankle, the ones uh-huh. that you can kind of compress, you know? And if you yeah. stick your socks and your underwear into those shoes, that's saving space too. Oh yeah. Stick anything you can. Anything like you bras, get, scarves, socks, yes. whatever you need. Gloves. Shorts will fit in there too. Oh yeah. Like yeah. You stuff up good. You can fit anything in them. Um, but yeah, you need, honestly, you really need just like a pair of sneakers. If you're going hiking or yeah. wherever, like rain boots or hiking boots, whatever it may be. Bean boots are very versatile. And then just a good Would pair recommend. of shoes, whether they be sandals or heels, like just one like nice pair of flats or whatever. Um, you don't need a ton and you'll learn that. And if you do need them, just buy them while you're over there. Exactly. Like plan your budget out to, Uh okay, here's an emergency. I found out I need a raincoat or I need a certain pair. I I had to buy sandals while I was in uh, Geneva with my mom because I had like tennis shoes, (laughs) but I didn't have any nicer shoes to wear like with a dress that I brought. And I was like, (laughs) I'm not walking around wearing my like black Nike tennis shoes with this. So (laughs) Sometimes it happens, and now it's yeah, cool because yeah. I'm like, yeah, I got this pair of sandals, and I got them in Switzerland. Yeah, <laughs> a little fun little story to it. Yeah. But, all right, next question. Planes, trains, automobiles, which do you prefer? Planes. <laughs> That's Okay, I think trains. Yeah? I kind of like a train. Um, Maybe I'm thinking about the, the broader concept of I feel like with planes I can get more places. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. 100%. I feel like for maybe, me. Maybe trains. I could, I could get behind trains. I like trains. And, and then I do love a cool car ride as well. But I, yeah, I like trains. I love sitting like, I think being in Dublin especially and mm-hmm. for Ireland, like you pretty much take the train everywhere. And for yeah. a lot of Europe, you take the train pretty much everywhere. Yeah. See, that wasn't um, really the case in New Zealand. There were okay. a couple trains, but they didn't. We didn't have a central, like you took buses around town. Oh, right. I actually, my friend, while we were over there, my friend Josh, poor Josh, broke his foot. No. But he had a car. And okay. so for a good while there, I ended up driving him around. So mm-hmm. I had to learn how to drive on the left side of the road, <laughs> which is fine. We rented a car the first time I did. And my mm-hmm. British friend, who was not old enough to drive the car, sat shotgun. And oh, I, right. it was me the whole time going, how do I turn? How does a roundabout yeah. work? Please teach me. So, but like you learn, you pick it up pretty quickly. And so, yeah, I got a lot of experience driving. So that was also cool because then you can control where you stop and where you go. That's a hard question. Yeah. I feel like there's different (laughs) experiences with each. Yeah. 
But and then with planes, I mean, are you a window or an aisle seat person? Window, one hundred percent. Same. I I just love looking out. At I where can't I am, sleep where if I'm well, I like sleeping on planes too. Uh-huh. I can't sleep if I'm in the middle or the aisle, unless I'm probably with someone and they got a shoulder. Some people but really love an aisle seat. It's interesting. If it's short flights now, I've started doing the aisle because I hate stepping over people to go to the bathroom. Yeah. But yeah, those long haul flights, I'm on the mm. window because that's the only way I can sleep. Yeah. The only time I really wish I had an aisle seat is like at the very end of the flight, like when yeah. everybody's getting off. Yeah. Like, Dang, like I just, just <laughs> I wanted, wanted to go. get away from all these people. <laughs> um, yeah, but for all other purposes, I'm mm-hmm. a huge window seat gal. <laughs> all right, so tough one. I feel like I know the answer. Maybe I don't. Favorite place you've traveled to? Oof. <laughs> um, I think the obvious answer here is New Zealand, so I'm right. going to go ahead and like carve that one out um (laughs) favorite place i've traveled to hmm in recent memory Mm -hmm. probably fiji okay cool and when you think of madison traveling to fiji don't think the big resorts and the big you know super cool cruises and whatever oh no it was myself and my friend brooke that i told you about earlier Uh um it was her and i tramping packs as they called them those hiking backpacks um, and we stayed at a hostel called Bamboo Backpackers, which actually was not bad. We had bunk uh-huh. beds. It was okay. cool. It was right on the beach. Um, okay. But we we did one touristy thing. We did one like little boat and went out to South mm-hmm. Sea Island, which is this. You could walk around the whole little island in six minutes. Like it was tiny wow. and very much. They did like a bula dance and stuff. Um, but it was it was fine. It was just overcast, and we were like, um, we don't really think that was fully worth the like. Sure. amount we spent on it but we figured out the taxi system we figured out that you have to tell them to start their fare immediately when you yeah. get the taxi otherwise they try and bargain with you on the price mm-hmm. um we figured out the bus system and it was very cool to get to see we we did the whole um kind of behind the scenes okay. fiji kind of thing we went to a we went to a market um brooke Fun. was a whole lot better at bargaining than i was <laughs> i got sucked into you're my first sale of the day please buy this bracelet oh, <laughs> oh yeah five fiji yeah, dollars later But it was cool that we got to see a very different side of Fiji than most people get to see. We bought um, papaya and we like bargained that they would slice it and cut it open for us. Um, I had to go to the bathroom in the marketplace because they don't have like public restrooms. Had to go to the bathroom, had to pay a quarter and he handed me this small wad of toilet paper and was like, there you go. Stop. Yeah. It was it was very eye opening too. That's just to see the thing. effects of tourism as yeah. well. All these people, the women, all they didn't all look the same, but like I could definitely tell what the main hairstyle was. I could tell the kind of clothes that they wore, and mm-hmm. then you saw the ones down the street was a fancy hotel. You could see what they looked like when they went to work okay. versus what they were like when they went to school or when they were with their families. You know, the men wore skirts. Everyone took the same buses to. Um, to school and to work and to other parts of the island. Because we were on the main island. We were just outside uh, Nadi or Nandi. It's spelled mm-hmm. different depending on who you talk to, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. very cool first trip I ever did by myself slash with one other person who wasn't my mom. Uh-huh. Um, and we planned the whole thing ourselves. I met this girl, and wow. six days later we planned a trip to Fiji. So we were like, well, hope we're still friends in two months. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that was my probably one of my favorite places I've been. Awesome. One thing you brought up that I quickly just wanted to add, like for those of – you who may have not, you know, traveled to Europe or some parts abroad. I've really only been to Europe and Canada, et cetera. 
But in a lot of countries, you have to pay to use the restroom sometimes. Yeah. And that is one thing that like really shocked me. Like in public places, like train stations, airports, yeah. you have to. I, it Hope blows you got my some mind. cash on yeah. you. <laughs> you have to. Another great reason to make sure you have currency when you're traveling to places is because you'll get to the airport and mm-hmm. if you got to pee, then you got to pay. <laughs> yeah. Which is wild. But for me, I think favorite place I've been to. I would say Granada, but I feel like I've talked about that so much. Already. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll carve yeah, uh, get our city abroad out of there. <laughs> um, I went to Switzerland and love Switzerland. Yes, I absolutely loved it, and I think why it was so special to me is hopefully, I mean, hopefully, I'll get there one day again. But it's you will su- speak it into yeah. existence. It is such an expensive country to like travel mm-hmm. in, like just like eating and just getting around. Like it's expensive. Where in Switzerland did you go? So we flew into Zurich. Okay. And uh, yeah, we stayed in Zurich, and then we took a bus tour from there, and we went to the Swiss Alps, and it was just such a beautiful country very picturesque, just a complete different way of life. And Zurich was beautiful. And we were there right at Christmas time too, which just made it like, it was just such a merrier. Yeah. (laughs) will experience. Um, get see the snow on the mountains. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, just going up into the Alps and seeing, oh my gosh, you're so high up and looking around and just, it's absolutely incredible. And I think that was one of the favorite, my favorite trips I did while I was abroad. Um, and yeah, I highly encourage people to go if you're able to go to Switzerland because it's truly beautiful. I think Tina Turner lives there. Really? Yeah, Zurich. It's like one of their big things is Tina Turner lives right outside of Zurich. <laughs> That's funny. And they're very proud of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, she's got the right idea. That's yeah, she a does. great place to live. What's cool about Switzerland too is my mom and I, so we were talking about the backpacking earlier. Mm-hmm. My mom and I took kind of an impromptu backpacking trip a couple summers ago and we flew into Geneva booked, she booked a hotel Ooh. for our first night in Geneva uh-huh. and then our last night she booked in Geneva so we knew we were flying in and out of okay. Geneva and then she booked one hotel in the middle um, in the middle of our week in Stresa, Italy uh-huh. she was like well I don't know how we're going to get there I don't know where we're going to stay on the other two nights but we got to figure out how to get there and back and yeah. that was a cool thing to get to do as well because in Geneva there's uh, so there's Lake Geneva mm-hmm. or Lac Geneve whatever you want to call it <laughs> And there's a boat that you can take from Geneva to um, Oshi. Oshi. I don't really remember how to say it. But you, every time the boat lands, it docks a few places, and okay. you're in like Switzerland, France, Switzerland, France, Switzerland, France. And it's yeah. very cool. They're very close to each other. And actually, yeah, you could see one from the other, yeah. like on the other side of the lake. You, well, you can get to the Alps through France as well because mm-hmm. I think my grandma said she had done that when she was over traveling in France. And going off of that, um, I guess we can talk about destinations we want to go to i was about to ask you this question i'm really <laughs> glad it's on your, yeah. <laughs> on your list all right so for me i mean i think hearing you talk about new zealand i that's something yeah shameless I, plug. I really i really would love to go if i there. get to do grad school over there please come visit yes. with me oh, you've got a couch to crash I, I probably on. will <laughs> if you get over there i think that's a guarantee i will mm-hmm. um I think another place I really want to go to, um, two places, <laughs> sort of <laughs> different. I really want to go to Thailand. Mm-hmm. It's just been really on my list and somewhere I just, I think is absolutely incredible to go. And I've never been t- to anywhere in Asia. Um, 
and I'm, you know, hoping coronavirus will heal and pass yeah. <laughs> and I can, I can get there soon. But, um, yeah, Thailand's definitely on the bucket list also because I love Thai food and I just really <laughs> experience, you know, but then you have to think about, you know, what if the food over here that we call Thai food is not is like what it is over there, know. you know, cause I hear that about Asian food all the time yeah. or even Indian food all the time. Right. So Ugh. that'll be interesting. Let yes. me know. Let me know how that goes. Oh, yeah. Hopefully I'll get there <laughs> soon and I can let you know. Yeah. Um, South America too. I really, I mean, I've been to Canada before, but I haven't been to, you know, the Western part of Canada yeah, and I would love to get to like I don't know Vancouver. I mean like Western. I had to think about my directions real yeah. quick. Um, Western Canada. I don't even know how Western like Alberta and British Columbia are, but um, Alberta is like it. Like British Columbia is the first. I I know I love a quick you know little this. mnemonic. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> it's British Albert set mainly on Quebec. Uh, I, <laughs> I did not know that one. British. <laughs> It's British Columbia and then Alberta and then um, Sat is Saskatchewan. I would not know how to pronounce it. (laughs) On is Ontario and then Quebec is Quebec. But we learned that. Oh my gosh, I think I was in like fifth or sixth grade when I learned that, my teacher. Mm -hmm. And it's just in my head forever. So I've been to Alberta. I went to, um, yeah, we flew into Calgary. And then we went to like Jasper and Banff. I think Banff was my favorite okay. place. Oh, that was the other cool thing on that trip of, you know, like the 10 of us that went to the mountains in New Zealand. Yeah. There was a kid from Canada wow. and he's like from the Banff area. And I was like, oh my God, I've been there. That's I can awesome. talk to you about these places. Yeah. Banff is gorgeous. The lakes don't look real because Ooh. they're this beautiful teal blue uh-huh. and it's like glacier runoff water. And it all, wow. like, it all looks like that. It, I'm telling you, it doesn't look real. It's one of the, Lake Louise is the big one, but, uh-huh. um, one of my friends that I went to school with in Scotland moved to Canada shortly after I met her. And awesome. she lived in Calgary, and she was telling me, go to Bow Lake, go to all these lakes, that uh-huh. kind of thing. You would love it. Yeah, because I think, yeah, for me, um, other than Thailand and, and New Zealand, <laughs> Canada, like Western Canada and Alaska, I would love to do that all in sort of one combined trip. Do whale Alaska's watching in Alaska. Really, oh, my mom and I's thing is whale watching. We yeah. love it. <laughs> They're majestic. They are. <laughs> but yeah, how about you? I have three as well. Okay. And I've been thinking about this for a long time. Awesome. Um, I would really like to go to Greece. Yes. I see a lot of pictures of Greece, so that mm-hmm. one's a little bit of a like, surface level. Yeah. I really want to go see all those things for myself, you know, with my right. own eyes. I love Greek mythology too. I always have. Okay. Um, so I think it'd be interesting to get to go yeah. kind of go see it, see the old artifacts, <laughs> stuff like that. Um. I think I decided I wanted to go see a lot of these places when I was in second grade because we did several units on like other cultures. So we did a Greek one. We did kind of Rome. Uh, the other places, Egypt. I, would, Ooh, I yes. love Egyptian mythology, hieroglyphics, mm-hmm. um, the pyramids. I worked with, like I said earlier, I worked with an Egyptian guy and he came back. Actually, the first time I met him was when he came back from Egypt and he didn't even know me, but he brought me a little like keychain because he heard there was a new intern in the office. <laughs> So he brought me a keychain of like uh, King Tutankhamen. Wow! And I was like, "This is so cool." I hope I said that right. But yeah, no. Since like second grade, I've wanted to go to Egypt. Um, mm-hmm. And then my last one is Morocco. Oh yeah, I would love to see Morocco. Yeah, I think just Northern Africa would be really cool to go to. Mm-hmm. I've been to a tiny island off the coast of South Africa. I've been to Mauritius. Oh, South awesome! Africa. It's yeah, kind of kind of on that side of the world. 
But yeah, would love to get to go and see that kind of thing. My dad used to work in Africa all the time too. South so. Africa's on my list. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to <laughs> work like in uh, he used to work really... in like Joburg a lot. Oh, okay, yeah. So Joburg or Cote d'Ivoire. I would love to get to go see Cote d'Ivoire. But yeah, Morocco, Egypt, and Greece would be my three. Yeah. That's one I, I obviously got to save up for the flight, but um, oh, yeah. one that I definitely want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with that said, like I like I had mentioned, someone had asked online, um, they had asked us to talk about saving money when you're abroad, which is a very difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's tough. I'm going to be honest with you. It's really tough, but there are ways to do it. Like I said prior, I mean people laughed all the time and they're like, you're geez, you're traveling so much over there taking flights. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Like, it? yeah. And it's like, okay. Yeah. I'm spending money. Yeah. But I kid you not. I kid you not. Some of those flights, the flight to London from Dublin one, I think when I went in November, actually mm-hmm. round trip, 25 pounds. Yeah. Dead, which is like 30 some dollars here in like the U S I kid you not. It was insane. Yeah. And I think the exchange rate is a little different now. I think it's closer to 50 in the oh, US really? now. Yeah. Cause it's like oh, one it go, pound it is like $2. Up. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Gross, but. So it was like sort of, in, or you know what? I'm thinking probably euros, but sort of same, maybe not as much as pounds. Yeah. 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 Cause I pretty much paid primarily in euros. Um, but still like insane. And there yeah. are ways to find, do your, this all comes back to do your research. If you wait till the mm-hmm. last minute to book something, of course it's going to be more expensive. Oh yeah. Um, and I mean, my mom and I did that as well, but if you look on different sites, just don't click the first thing you see. Mm-hmm. We were on hotels.com. We were on booking.com. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got the Eurail pass before we left mm-hmm. and you could do like however many countries and however many days. Uh, yeah. it was one thing we knew we were going to two other countries. So we were like, okay, three countries, five days done. Right. Um, in New Zealand, they have a thing called grab a seat. Like air New Zealand has that. Mm-hmm. And I still get the emails for it. I got one like 30 <laughs> minutes ago. Um, but it'll show you like Christchurch to Dunedin for 29 New Zealand dollars, which for us is like 20 us dollars. Wow. Right. That kind yeah. of thing. And, um, there it's there if you look for it, oh, yeah. Airbnb well, even, instead yeah, of hotel Airbnb. hostel instead mm-hmm. of sometimes our hostels on Airbnb, Airbnb too, which is sure. cool. Yeah. I think it's really interesting too. Cause when I was first over in Europe, I just immediately thought, okay, I got to do hotels and Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And then I found like hotels.com and Expedia, you can find some beautiful, yeah. beautiful places. For I kid you not, like 80, 80 bucks a night. Read the reviews. Though. Yeah. Re- yeah. Read the reviews. Read the reviews. <laughs> <laughs> but like I found a couple of places. Like I know when I was in Amsterdam, I think I found a really great hotel. Mm-hmm. My friend and I, I was with, uh, our friend Catherine and she and Which I one? stayed. You're all named Catherine. <laughs> <Scandal>. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> and uh, we had stayed in a hotel in Stockholm that we talk about to this day. Really? It was <laughs> so beautiful. And I think for each of us, it was, I kid you not, like $20, $25 US dollars a night. That's not bad. And they did a full, like, I've never seen so much food at a breakfast. Like breakfast included? Yeah. Yes. I've never seen so much food. And like here I'm like so used to like a holiday and like mm-hmm. gross sausage and like powdered eggs. Yeah. They had, dude, I kid you not, fresh bread baked from the oven. Like it was like piping hot. That's how it was a, at Hotel Kipling yeah. in, in uh, Geneva where my mom and I stayed. We were like, this is so aesthetic. Did, like, we took pictures of our cheeses. food everywhere. It was insane. <laughs> yeah. It, like, it was insane, and you can find so many great, like, little hidden gems like that, because a lot of them are sort of, like, family-owned, or they're small yeah. businesses, Yeah, yeah. so 
like don't look at those commercial hotels like a Marriott or something when you're abroad like check out you know like smaller. well that's the safe option if you wanted to do a safe option why are you going right on an international trip right just throwing that out there true I understand sometimes it's nicer but yeah either way you know if you want to use points then even then mm-hmm. that's less expensive but go to the go to the restaurants go to the little places oh yeah um that's what my mom and i did a lot is we would google places that mm-hmm. were around here and see kind of like look at the pictures see what they were like mm-hmm. um go to them like that sometimes just walk around um, right. Found a few beautiful places in. We went to Brieg, Brieg. I don't know how to say it. Switzerland, um, which is kind of just up in the mountains. Okay. And there were a few places that we walked around and we looked in and we're like, well, "This is nice." But and then we saw one that was a, it's like an outdoor balcony. I got carded yeah. there. You know how in you know, this is. <laughs> yeah. I think it was because I was in overalls, but I was fully mm-hmm. like twenty years old. And you know right. how over there you can drink beer and wine at sixteen. Uh-huh. Well, the guy came up and asked to see my ID, so... and I was like, "Do you?" I'm 15 Dude, right yeah. now. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I really think it was the overalls that did me in. But yeah, always find little places. So, and even like things, um, no matter where you're traveling, like even if it's in your own state, I mean, I tell people that about New York. I say, don't yeah. go to Starbucks. Like, New York is known for their little coffee shops. I was just about to say, how are you? No, I was just going <laughs> to say that. Did you read my, were we? I did not. I, I always I thought that. Though. I was going to say, like, breakfast in the morning. Like, you don't have to do a big fancy, like, breakfast or brunch every day. Like, Grab a couple of coffee two meals a, bagel a day while or, you're abroad. Right. You like, save so much. There you go. We're talking about saving money. That's how that's you can how save, you save money. money. Get up, go see properly. something, then go mm-hmm. eat. Do eat like big, mid-morning. Like, lunch, morning, like a yep. brunch. And then a, and then a big and dinner. And then do a dinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what. Like you can Spanish. save so much. Yeah, like the Spanish. <laughs> there you go. You can save so much money doing that. Oh, you yeah. can save so much money with that. So two meals a day. Um, you can bring... If it's like Cheerios or something. Mom told me that she and her... She and her flight attendant friends used to buy cereal boxes awesome. like before they went to Hawaii because they would always have these like long layovers in Hawaii. They'd always uh-huh. buy cereal boxes and take them over there. <laughs> and then so that would be their breakfast and then they'd go to like a happy hour and they'd get their Mai Tai and then they'd eat like the poo-poo platter <laughs> and that would be their dinner. Yeah. <laughs> but that's how you do it. It's... She said cereal was always so expensive in Hawaii so they just bought it and brought it mm-hmm. in instead of oh, trying yeah. to find a place to eat every day. <laughs> Yeah, plan around that. And again, it's all about research. So there's a bunch of different ways in which you can save money and, you know, great ways to plan. Um, Yeah. Well, that's like all the questions I really, you know, I've got a bunch more, but I feel like we've hit a lot. Is there anything you want to add? Maybe for domestic travel a bit. Like, where would you want to go in the States? Oh, that's well, so I talked about Alaska, but... You know, I think I've done a good amount of stuff in the South, having being my family is part of my family's from South Carolina and going, we travel pretty much down the East Coast every time we go down there, we go by car. So I've seen a lot of stuff on the East Coast. Um, I was just out in Chicago for the first time. I was too. Really? This past summer. Yeah. yeah. It was really cool. So that made me want to, you know, see more out West Mm -hmm. and- I really, really, really want to do uh, Oregon and Washington. I'd love to see Seattle. I'm looking Seattle. to fly to Oregon next month to go see one of, so one of my New fun. Zealand friends, actually. He lives yeah. there. Um, 
or I think that would be super cool uh-huh. too. Just with all that, he's a forestry major. <laughs> so every time we'd go anywhere in New Zealand, he would right. like lose his marbles. He'd be so excited. He took a picture of his cappuccino once because the way the waitress like poured the or the barista <laughs> poured um, his milk made it look like a tree. Oh, love and it was it. a long shot from a tree, but we were like, okay, Justin, you do your thing. <laughs> love it. But no, well, it's a beautiful part of the country. Yeah, and there's so there's so many beautiful places around us, and I really encourage people to. Just get what okay, so like maybe you don't want to do a international trip. I mean, go somewhere domestically and you don't always have to take a plane. You can get pretty much anywhere here by car. So car. it's hard to rent in, a car when you're under twenty five though. Like it right. can be done, but mm-hmm. those underage driver fees are True. Whew. True. We learned that the hard and way. Then, we went to Boston and DC last oh, semester just wow. as like little weekend trips. Because uh-huh. I also discovered once I came back from New Zealand, my mom asked me when I was having a stressful period, she said what do you do for yourself? What makes you happy? Is there a hobby? Is it, you know, reading? What do you do? Mm-hmm. And I was like, honestly, it's traveling. Yeah. So I, I saved my money and I was like, okay, I want to go to DC. So we went and visited my friend Dylan's twin sister. Oh, fun. Went to DC. And then the next time I got uh, my roommate and his girlfriend and Dylan and I went up uh-huh. to uh, Boston. Cause I was like, Boston's a cool city. I've only oh, ever yeah. been there for head of the Charles. Might as well go check it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you put your mind to that kind of thing, oh my gosh, yeah. DC is so a cool city too. DC is a very. I would and love to get to live in great, DC one day. That oh, I love, you shocked my dad. He lived there I for sh- like twelve years. Oh, yeah, it's such a clean city. It's such a clean city, and I think for young people too, a really great thing about it. And just if you're visiting, here's another tip: so much is free there. Yeah, so much is free. Like the zoo. I know that sounds crazy, but like the zoo is free. The zoo, the museums. Museums. Like, everything is free. It's, it's so insane. Cool. So there are like city passes that... that you can get in a lot of cities now. Um, really? We learned that in Boston. Where Yeah, you buy the city pass. The city pass is like $61, I think, for Boston. Uh-huh. We got to do the aquarium. We got wow. to do a Harbor Line cruise, which I'm a big sucker for boats, so I love uh-huh. that. Did that. There was the, like, the Skywalk, Sky Tower, okay. or something like that. Um, and there was one other thing. Shoot. I don't remember what the other thing was, but yeah, it was like four things that we wow. got to do. Yeah, just, there's there's so many. Even in the Northeast, there's so many cities around here. I was just telling you, like you got to check out Pittsburgh. Yeah, right? like <laughs> Pittsburgh's a really cool city, and there's a ton to do for young people. And there's so, so many trains in the states. My mm-hmm. grandparents don't really like fly anymore. My yeah. papa loves the train. He okay. like they'll take the tra- they'll come up and they'll fly up and visit me in New York, uh-huh. and then they'll take the train back, back to they'll take it back to Houston. They live in Austin, but uh-huh. yeah, the train from New York to nice. New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, is very cool. It's like the Crescent train and then it's the mm-hmm. Sunset Express or something like that. Um, that goes from New Orleans to LA yeah. and it stops through Houston on its way there. Yeah. Very nice trains. Amtrak, you have like Whoa. the whole dining car and the observation car. You do. And then they did one from, uh, they did one from, I think it was Denver to Napa Valley okay. and they said it's just a gorgeous train ride. Wow. Oh, that's fun too. Right. California. Oh, and most people in the South don't realize that we have this train system. Because, like, up yeah. here, people take the trains all the time. I don't think I had ever been on a train, except for maybe one to St. Louis when I was mm-hmm. little. Other than that, I had probably never been on a train. And now, yeah. I, you know, I take them everywhere. Right. <laughs> no, trains are great. I l- love trains. Because <laughs> it's, it's sort of like driving, but you can do like more and you could spread out more and like, yeah, you, have, you can yeah, get work done if laptop. you have to yeah. yeah, read a book, just kind of hang out. And, um, it's great. So it's great. Well, awesome. This was so much fun. This was fun. I have, oh, I'm so glad we got to talk about it. I think you've been, I'm glad because we've both been to, I think like opposite places. We've mm-hmm. been to some similar, but, yeah. um, we have different experiences in terms of travel and where we've been. And, um, 
yeah i'm just thank you for coming on and talking yeah of course (laughs) i'm excited to get my mom on here in a bit too yeah she loves travel i definitely got it from her thank you so much for coming on i'm so excited to get your perspective because i feel like you've had such an interesting career mom's the queen of travel yeah sweet well (laughs) um, thank you for asking me on these Um, (laughs) we were talking about my little bits travel is my thing there you go Um, now you know where i get it from Oh yeah. Well, it is. I think it's uh, it's an education. You can you can read about things all you want. You can sit in your chair and watch the Travel Channel, <laughs> and that's great too. But um, to really get a good vibration and feel for it, um, I think you should just go. And I like history, so that's um, that's been a big thing for me too. Awesome. My go check out woman. <laughs> I love that. That's my mom. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, hearing you talk about history, I mean, did you always have a love for, you know, travel and different cultures? Um, I didn't. I mean, I I always liked history. I had only flown a couple of times um, before I went to college. We did Mm -hmm. driving trips mainly. Um, But then in college, when I had the opportunity to – to apply for the job. Well, to back up, I know you'd kind of ask how I ended up <laughs> with the flight attendant bug. Um, I realized about, I don't know, toward the end of my senior year that I had chosen the wrong major. Mm-hmm. And I it was too late to change to something else. So I went ahead and finished that off. But I knew when I graduated that I really didn't want to be an accountant. But I needed some sort of transition job to uh, – pay back those school loans <laughs> right, right. <laughs> to, be, to be independent, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So there were a couple of gals who actually had graduated in accounting the year before me and went to work for Delta. And where I went to school was about 30 minutes from the birthplace of Delta in Monroe, Louisiana. So I don't know if they just hired more people from that area or interviewed more people. But anyway, I decided just sort of on a whim to interview and see if I could – get this job and maybe work for a couple of years and then go get a, a serious job like right. accounting or something else. <laughs> so this was, that was, it was my uh, transition thing. And, yeah. We see how well that went. You know, <laughs> right. Well, yeah. Two years into it, I was getting, enjoying my perks and the pay was getting better and I was having the time of my life. So I just kept on flying. <laughs> That's so. awesome. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine you know, I actually have one or two, maybe two friends who are uh, studying to become flight attendants. And I'm just interested to hear about the process for that. I mean, what is what is the training like? When I went through, it was a six-week training. Okay. So uh, at that time, Delta had about six airplanes. Okay. And what you do is go through each airplane. You learn where every piece of emergency equipment is mm-hmm. on that airplane. Um, you you learn about operations of the doors in emergency and in regular mode, and um, then you you have to be able to evacuate the plane in a mm-hmm. in a certain amount of time. In different situations, you know, mm-hmm. you do there in uh, Atlanta for Delta. There's a whole uh, mock up of there's a, a swimming pool so that you know what to do if you ditch, which means landing in the water and how to operate the raft and where all the first aid kits and all that sort of that stuff. So really the chunk of the time is um, 
our emergency procedures. Oh, wow. Um, obviously, there's some, um, you know, customer service sort of things. Um, obviously, flying is a different, um, a whole different experience now with security and that sort of thing. But you're also taught right. to deal with uh, hijackers and um, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. That's interesting so. you brought that up because I was just about to ask you that, not to like sort of turn the conversation grim, but mm-hmm. um, did you work around the time of 9-11? I did. Um, yeah. How was that like? My triple 9-11 was my first day back from maternity leave with wow. Madison's little brother. So I was, I was actually very excited to go back. I'd spent the night in New York because I had an early sign-in. And I was on an airplane on the tarmac uh, at JFK. Wow, I had no idea. So, yes, so that was, you uh, can see the whole thing from the, uh, from the tarmac, uh, or at least one of the, uh, one of the towers. Oh my and then I obviously no when idea. the word, That's crazy. Uh, when the pilot got word about somewhat what was mm-hmm. happening, then, uh, Obviously, we were rushed back to the terminal and spent uh, spent most of the day there at JFK. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a surreal uh, day on many levels for many people. But uh, wow. I can tell you the strangest thing about JFK is if you well any of the the uh, airports in New York obviously are very busy, very noisy, mm-hmm. and when you're in an airport and there is no movement outside and no sound, <laughs> it's it's really uh, I don't know it's re- really strange. How did training for you, um, well, I know this, but mom went back after we were in Scotland for a few Mm -hmm. years. How did training for you change after that when you had to go back? Like what was different the second time you went through it? Well, the thing that stands out most is original training. uh, You're taught that if someone wants to take control or there's a hijacker, you just accommodate and, uh, you know, just try to go along with it, keep them happy. When I went back for training, uh, you know, whatever that was, uh, 14, 15 years later, uh, it was self-defense, and it was physically how to um, defend the airplane against a hijacker, a terrorist. Uh, The cockpit doors were locked. They were secured. There were all these new procedures um, to uh, protect the integrity of the of the cockpit, mm-hmm. you know, things that you would never, I mean, it was just a completely different approach to, um, uh, to someone trying to take control of the cabin or the plane. Wow. So. Yeah. I could imagine that's a big change. I mean, in the industry and then just like personally, like to deal with all of that and definitely probably puts things into perspective. And that added layer of stress too. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. you don't know what's going to happen. Well, it, it did because, you know, in the in the days when we were first training, you thought, well, this is not going to happen. Rarely were, were airplanes hijacked and that sort of thing. And so going back the second time was, um, yeah, we know that it, it could happen. It did happen. And there was the potential at any time for it to happen again. So, yeah, to be, to be trained to fight back rather than, um, you know, just try to be diplomatic in the situation was um, – uh, just a stark difference. Yeah, a whole new world. So, sure. Um, sure. But anyway. yeah, <laughs> yeah. On, on I guess a brighter note. Um, I mean, just in general, like, what's it like to just constantly be on the move? I mean, you're back and forth in between time zones, and 
going to different countries and cities. So I guess I should ask, though, I mean, were you both domestic and international? Is that something, I mean, when you're a flight attendant... I was. I started do... doing more domestic. Uh-huh. Um, or we all start with domestic. Everything's based on the seniority system. So as a new hire, you basically just go where they tell you to go. Um, so, yes, most of it was domestic. I did find that... Um, well, I always liked longer flights, the transcon flights, uh, that going up and down, you know, four or five times a day uh, gets a little old, mainly because, you know, the hardest part is getting everybody on it and their luggage on as well. Sure. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> even now, well, especially now that you have to pay for baggage, but... Um, yeah. One of my favorite, I, I think, I got, flight attendant moments in film is... Um, <laughs> I love Meet the Parents. <laughs> it's such a classic film. And I don't know if you know the scene, like when he's, no. I he's, haven't seen this movie, no. You're joking me. No, I'm sorry. You're kidding. I'm sorry. Mama Shire, help me out. You've seen it, right? Um, Meet the Parents, oh. Robert, Robert De Niro, Ben Stiller. You know, I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I honestly am drawing a blank on the airplane Ladies, it's such a great, like, at least in my household, it is, like, a classic film. Okay, Mama, we got to add this one to the list. It's up there with, like, Elf, you know? Like, it's so great. And without spoiling it, like, Ben Stiller, he gets, his whole, like, journey with the airport is that he's going to stay with his uh, mother and father, or his girlfriend's parents, you know? He's... Hmm planning on proposing to her so it's a very intense trip as it is but then they end up being like i mean robert de niro just is the craziest guy and so controlling and just like has a watchful eye over everything so the whole premise is that like throughout the film he has the worst luck with the airport they lose his baggage (laughs) and then like takes forever to get the baggage he gets the long luggage when it's delivered and then finally when he's going back to you know fly back home the flight mm-hmm. attendant comes out and she's asking him to, you know, hey, if you can't fit your your luggage in the overhead bin, like we're going to have to put it on, you know. Check it. The, yeah, we're going to have to check it. And mm-hmm. he's trying to fit it and he can't fit it. And they're like, we're going to have to check it. And he's like, unless you, <laughs> like I had the worst luck with this. And he's like, unless you can get past my Kung Fu grip on this bag. <laughs> that, I'm, <laughs> that I'm not checking Full the Full airline customer <laughs> style. And that's like literally what I, <laughs> what I think of when I'm on the plane and like I see people trying to fit it on there. It's you ladies, like that's your homework. You have to Okay, we have to watch that movie, mom. It's a classic. Okay, we, yeah. That'll oh, be that'll so be a fun homework. But yes, yes. I mean, there are those people. And back in the days of garment bags, people would drag these things on, and they were like body bags. And then they would want you to find a place for it or to put it up front, and you know, in the in the first class. And what's oh what's the craziest? There were the little ladies that would come on and, and want you to lift their bag for them. Oh my, my my! What I've taught my children is you pack it. You carry it, you lift it, it is your responsibility because I could not, mm-hmm. I couldn't Amen. stand it when people would bring these oversized heavy things. And, Amen. She did and, teach us that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. put it up, so, yeah. What's the craziest piece of luggage you've ever had to deal with? Or, like, what's the craziest thing that someone brought on the plane? Oh, when I was first flying, I did a, I did a trip to either Mexico City or, I mean, Mexico City or Acapulco. And uh, I was boarding, and I, you know, I didn't know. People were bringing laundry baskets and trash bags, 
and I let a couple of people go by, and then a flight attendant came off the plane, off the plane, and told me I better not let any more trash bags on the airplane because they were. He, he just was not going to have that on his airplane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. And he pretty, pretty, pretty much gave me the wherefore too. And I was like, well, it was the right size. How do I know? You know, I thought maybe this is just the thing. As long as our laundry basket fits in the overhead bin, what are you going to do? Right. So. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. Um, So that was, that was, and it actually was easier then because people could check their bags for free. So, you know, a lot of people did check their bags, but these days, um, well, you know, you've flown, not the case. Go ahead. Um, You know, I gotta imagine the sleep schedule's rough. (laughs) (laughs) With time zones and everything. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Knowing how Madison sleeps, like how <laughs> she knows I'm very strict on my sleep schedule. <laughs> how did you deal with that? Uh, okay, you can't you can't have a strict schedule. Two things: you can't have a strict sleep schedule as a flight attendant, and you got to be able to sleep anywhere, anytime. That I did so, get from you. I can sleep anywhere, anytime for any length okay, of you time. You are you are a good plane sleeper. Here's the deal: I commuted most of my career. Um, to one city or another. I, I settled on New York. I loved flying out of New York and doing international. But what I would do is fly up today, that, that morning of, that we had these, there's, in the flight attendant lounge, there are these recliners. Mm-hmm. So if you were lucky, you would get there early enough to grab a recliner, sleep for two or three hours, whatever you could, because it was usually an evening sign-in uh, for an international flight. Gotcha. So, um, that you know, that's just what you do. And then usually the layovers were 24 hours Mm -hmm. so uh thankfully you know flight attendants who had been doing international were usually helpful with uh with tips because your first inclination obviously when you land somewhere at 9 a.m uh you've been up all night because there probably wasn't a rest break on on board uh you want to just go to sleep and sleep till you're not tired anymore but if you do that you wake up you know about six in the evening and then uh you've got to get up the next morning and fly back so Mm. i figured out the best thing to do was to come in from a you land in the flight you get checked into your hotel sleep for two three hours four hours at the most and then you have to drag yourself out of bed go have a coffee walk around the city or whatever so that you can stay up Um. until seven or eight o'clock local time do you so see you where i get my bedtime yeah <laughs> yeah 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 so, uh, and one little another little tip was um if you do wake up at which would happen often at two or three in the morning and knowing that you have to you have to get up at at eight o'clock for a, a nine o'clock pickup at the hotel which you cannot miss obviously um <laughs> <laughs> what we do sometimes if you're just up, you just go ahead and put your uniform on mm-hmm. and think about this, and think about doing a nine hour flight and then that usually made you sleepy. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, you know, it's mind games. It's all mind games. Yeah. But um but yeah, that that was um a recipe for disaster if you <laughs> get to your destination hotel and you just lie down and, and sleep. Because you've missed the sleep cycle, right? So really, yeah. you can only have a nap. Oh, jeez. Well, and uh, I want to know, what was your favorite layover? Um, that's what I was going to ask. I know that's ask. really tough. Like, Wait, can I guess, Mom? Well, 
Domestically, I loved laying over in uh, Hawaii, San Francisco. Oh, dang. That was my first, that was my first <laughs> layover because we stayed at a hotel right in the city, and um, there was a man that worked at the bar. His name was Mario, and he loved all the airline people. There were lots of crews that laid over there, and <laughs> we got these little tokens, and we'd have a, a bowl of his specially seasoned popcorn and a beer. That was <laughs> Wait, yeah, I feel like we'd be good friends. <laughs> I feel like we'd be good friends, Candace. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's what you do. You make friends at the hotels. That was a great, I mean, but they treated us really well. And, you know, at the time, San Francisco was great fun. And yeah. uh, sometimes we take a ferry out to Sausalito or, you know, we went to this Alcatraz. It was just, you know, just a cool layover. Uh, and also, sure. we usually laid over there uh, after flying a big airplane. We used to have the... Um, TriStar, or it's called the L-1011. You guys, it's totally gone. We called it the Tritanic because they were very old, and we would usually have mechanicals, so you would really never know where your layover was going to be. Oh, good. Uh, if, <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, if you did that flight, yeah, that was that was the joke. But anyway, <laughs> there were usually eight or ten people on the crew, so there were plenty of people, fun people to do stuff uh, on layovers. But my, my favorite international layover was probably uh, Bruges. I mean, not Bruges, um, Brussels, well, Brussels, you know, okay. it was over in Brussels, yeah. and then we would just take the train over to Bruges and spend the day, so. Yeah. That's cool. Ooh. I have been to Brussels. The chocolates are good. I will report. <laughs> oh, they are divine. I, believe me, I've tried all of them. She and, has. Uh, she's tried all the chocolates. She all has. <laughs> she's tried them. All the chocolates, and, uh, yeah, I would, of course, I used to bring home, um, one brand, <laughs> And then, you know, I'd weigh down my suitcase with, with all my little souvenirs and bring on these chocolates. And then one day I saw them at Target. <laughs> uh, no need to import those uh, Gillian chocolates anymore. I was going to ask if it was Gillian because it's at Target and it's also in the uh, Impulse byline at TJ Maxx. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yes, they're at TJ Maxx too. But, but yeah, those are those are awesome. That's but, uh, you know, there's just, again, so much history. And that Grand Place right there was near our mm-hmm. hotel. Um, in Brussels, and sometimes they would have light shows and flower shows, you know, depending on the time of year. so fun. And the, but the other thing was, it was a lot of people my seniority, and um, I flew with some of the same people all month, which which was great fun. Because flight attendants, I mean, airline people in general are kind of a different breed, <laughs> so, uh, so I met lots of, I worked with lots of great people. And you, otherwise, you would work with different people, you know, on every flight, so... Weren't there uh, two Candy Knoxes? Yes. When <laughs> Mom's maiden name is Knox. Um, I showed up for a briefing at Sign In, and it was a lot of older ladies, probably ladies my age now. I was very young, though. Um, <laughs> and they said, we're waiting for Candy Knox. And I said, well, um, that's me. I'm here. And they said, oh, well, there's another Candy Knox, and she's older than you. <laughs> so... Um, I finally met her, but yeah, her name, her maiden name was exactly the same as mine. And, um, spelled the same too, right? With the K. Pardon me? Spelled the same with the K. Yeah. K-A-N-D-Y. Now her name wasn't Candace. It was Candy, but yeah, K-N-O-X. So uh, luckily she was a lovely lady. I finally met her. (laughs) And actually one time I was, um, on a flight, I went up to introduce myself to the, um, to the pilots. And uh, the, the, the captain turned around and said, I have a candy knocks at home. 
He was her husband. Oh! oh husband. <laughs> yeah, his name was, I was going to yeah, say, oh. <laughs> Yeah, and the other ladies, I said, well, oh, they just thought she had gotten a divorce or something and, and you know, gone back to her maiden name, these gals who were confused at briefing. But anyway. Oops. Oh, wow. <laughs> Candy was nice, and so was her pilot husband, and so we got a, a good chuckle out of, oh, out cute. of that. Good for them. That is cute. <laughs> But that was one of the reasons I I started going by Candace instead of Candy. Also, I was gonna say, who's this Candy individual? Yeah, when she was younger, she was Candy Knox, Stop. and then she became Candace. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, I grew up as Candy. All my college friends called me Candy, and my early flying uh, friends from flying. But uh, I, Candace is my grown up name, so I started. <laughs> Madison is my grown up name, so it's okay. <laughs> Yeah, in my, in my, uh, in my 20s, <laughs> mid-20s. So. Oh, wait, I love that. That's so funny. So Madison, Madison and I, <laughs> Maddie and I no. were going back and forth over some different table topics earlier, and mm-hmm. I got to ask you some questions. <laughs> what are, like, how do you pack the proper suitcase? I mean, I know with uh, traveling by plane, you're not always like vacationing in these areas. You're only there for such a short period of time, but you still have to have the essentials. So how do you pack light? Cause people want to know. <laughs> okay, well, well, I pack, uh, first and foremost, take small toiletries and put uh-huh. anything that can leak in a plastic bag. Mm-hmm. Have you had an experience with that? Explode, even though it shouldn't explode, your mousse, your conditioner, whatever, always, always, always. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or if you buy liquor on your trip, put it in a plastic bag as well. You never know, right? You never know. So uh, that's my thing. Now, I mean, whether I'm on vacation and have um, do the backpack thing or... Um, I, did tell her, I did tell her about the backpack thing. You did the backpack thing. Okay. Well, but either way, I still... Try to take an old old t-shirts, old um, shorts, underwear, whatever, and and then just get rid of them along the way. Because usually, even if I don't plan to buy something, I do, and um, mm-hmm. that way your suitcase is not overloaded. And it's you know it's a good way to <laughs> to clear out things. Definitely. Um, I also try to keep it at one color scheme. So if it's usually black. So I try to mix and match everything, have some um, just basic pieces, and just keep it simple. Definitely. So important. Uh, Yeah. Don't take a bunch of shoes. Wear some shoes, um, especially if you're going to Europe. (laughs) Tennis shoes probably aren't the best. You girls have both been to Europe, you know. Oh, yeah. Or I guess it doesn't – it just makes you stick out like a sore thumb, really. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So if you can, you can find some shoes that could be, um, like little, help me, Madison, who am I? Of course, you never like any of my, uh, transition shoes. She had, no, no, no. You had like Merrill's? Like a tennis shoe, but that you could dress up and go into the Vatican or, you know, a temple or something. Oh, like a good pair of, not like Keds, but. Yeah, but like like versatile shoes that are maybe not, you know, your new balances that make you stick out like Like, an American. Like tennis shoes are. But like nicer vans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you can, like you slip them on and they sort of work. Because we talked about, mom, we talked about um, having tennis shoes for like walking around if you're going to do a lot of like hiking or sightseeing, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. 
But mm-hmm. I told her about how when we were in Geneva, I needed a pair of, um, like, I needed a pair of sandals. So we just went to a store and bought some sandals that were comfortable, but looked mm-hmm. a little nicer, that we could go to some nicer yeah. places, or I could wear with a dress and that kind of thing. Right. And if you can, if you have those two things at home, you know, especially, well, obviously in the summer, sandals that are comfortable and then some kind of closed-toed shoe, um, that's really all you need. Yeah. Or if you have some stuff, there's some companies like... Um, I don't know if Travel Smith is still in business, but they do reversible clothes. Just get a, a cute skirt that's reversible, a reversible dress. Um, oh, that's have cool. a scarf or a sweater or something, not just for uh, cooler weather. But, again, we found out the hard way that you can't go into the Vatican with shorts on. Yeah. Well, uh, and Mom and I found yeah, out. You wear a skirt, right? Yeah. Um, and then Madison, when we toured that cathedral, the Story's ruins of tell. that cathedral, she had to cover her shoulders. Yeah. So they gave me a little, but she was trying to tell me this in Italian and I couldn't <laughs> understand. She just kept giving me this shawl and I was like, no, thank you. And finally I was like, oh, I have to wear that. Cause I was in like an off the shoulder romper kind of thing. Okay. She was like, no, no, you have to cover your shoulders. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. Gotcha. So yeah, yeah it was like an off the, off the, off the cliff, like first, monastery. But, Cause yeah. it was hot, but, um, so funny. Think of what else in the. A little first aid kit's always good, mm-hmm. um, especially in another country, and you don't know the what the word is for Advil or aspirin or whatever. I mean, get take your Neosporin and your Band Aid and your um, Advil or whatever, and then you have it. So, sure, uh, that's a great idea. Yeah, and I always carry little snacks or your if you're a coffee drinker, um, just some good instant coffee. Mm-hmm. Don't go into New Zealand with anything that has pork in it. Mom learned that the hard way. No. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Closely check the um, limitations on what you can take in and take out of the country. Oh, that happened to me when um, I was, you know, I studied in Ireland and I, it was my first like trip while I was there. Mm-hmm. And my friend and I, one of my oldest friends from back home, Michaela, I was talking about her earlier we decided we were going to go to Scotland, actually, and we were leaving and going through airport security, and her bag got pulled over, oh. or whatever you call it. Like, yeah, it got tagged. Yeah. I call it, like, pulled over. You know, it's so <laughs> dramatic. <laughs> it did. So, um, yeah, and they, they were going through her stuff, and she was talking to me, standing there, like, I wonder what it is. And then she thought, oh, I think I had a couple, like, sips of water left to my water bottle. I bet that's it. And mm-hmm. nope, they she forgot she had pepper spray. Oh no, in her bag, <laughs> which Uh-oh. I didn't think like, and she realized it as soon as like they pulled it out. And okay, I thought like, all right, maybe you shouldn't bring this on a plane. Like, if you can't bring aerosol cans, pepper spray, yeah, pepper spray would not be the best idea. But I had no idea in Ireland they consider that like as dangerous as well, maybe not as dangerous, but they consider that up there with like bringing a gun on the plane or something crazy. Yeah, it is like it is bad there. So they had to take her passport. (gasps) Oh no! Yeah, they had to like scan all our information, and it was just like yikes. (laughs) <laughs> it was like not what we needed wow. for like the first trip to happen. So yeah, in oh. Ireland they they do they like pepper spray is a big deal um, to not bring with you. On oh the plane. dear, 
Um, so it was sort of a big deal. They had to like they did they call once they make a phone call, you know it's not. You know good. it's bad. Like, you know oh. it's not good. So um, <laughs> yeah. what happened? They took her passport and ran it through everything, and yeah, did she get fined or anything for having that? No, luckily no. Like I think we seemed sort of innocent and dumb enough that we had no idea. <laughs> Just two Americans I trying think, to get. Yeah, I think sort of pretty good at pulling the like young American girl card. <laughs> I was just like, oh my god. Just Protect yourself, You're kidding me. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't know. I had no idea. <laughs> Oops. Well, thank you so much. Before we let you go, I mean, big question we need an answer to. Are you a window seat person or an aisle seat person? I am a window seat person. Because Love that. I yes. sleep anywhere and I just I need that window to lean on. And honestly, I'm do, I'm better on my right side, so I always try to book mm-hmm. um, a window seat on the right side of the airplane. That's awesome. So. The older I get, the more I realize that my mom and I are twins. Like, I already kind of knew that, but I gave yeah. the exact same answer. You need to make, when you put this on Instagram, you need to make, like, a poll. Kind of like, yeah. you a window seat person or an aisle seat person? We're going to see if they agree with your two guests. I know I need to know, because there are definitely aisle seat people out there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, there are some people. Dad's an aisle seat person, isn't he? Yeah. 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 He's dad. Your father is definitely an aisle seat person. <laughs> and it's interesting. It's just, like, left-handed people. Like, I need to know. Yeah. I need to know who it. you are. <laughs> I need some statistics on this. <laughs> well, it's kind of a control thing, too. And I will say, on a, if it's a long day flight and I know I'm going to need to get up and down, it, it would be easier to sit on, on the aisle. But, um, but again, I have to balance. It's, it's just so much easier to sleep by the window. So I'll just. Oh, yeah have to be prepared to crawl over people which is difficult now with the way the seats are so small but you know yeah well and mom was a champ when she would travel with grant and i because like i would have the window and grant would have the aisle and poor mom would have to sleep in the middle so she bought i don't know how many of those like neck pillows you bought or traveled with (laughs) but there was a time when we were kids and grant and i would not budge on like window or aisle and mom would just be like okay i'll take one for the team and sit in the middle Yeah, the things we do for our kids. Well, I was your pillow, too. You guys were small enough. That is also true. Straight in the middle seat with my little neck pillow. (laughs) Now, don't wear that neck pillow through the airport, I can assure you. (laughs) Yeah, mom judges me for that. that. That's not my thing. Yeah, same. (laughs) Mine's an inflatable one. Uh, But, but yeah, you guys would have uh, my lap as as the bed. Oh, I love that. That's good. Lots of good times. We've had lots of adventures, and, um, you know, we want to have lots more. And I, um, you know, I would say back to, and you may already know these travel tips for international, but make a copy of your passport and keep it with you, a paper copy right. and leave one at home just in case that passport gets away from you. Right. Cause uh, in a lot of other countries, we didn't talk about this earlier, but in a lot of other countries, and this is more for like our younger listeners, you can't buy alcohol without your passport. They yeah. won't accept us driver's mm-hmm. license. You have to have your passport. So my poor passport went all over New Zealand with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true well and a lot of hotels want your passport as well yeah a copy of it um the other thing is know the exchange rate yeah. but don't trust the one at the idea. airport because when you're jet lagged and you're standing at the um atm machine trying to figure out how much money to get out and it's showing you in their currency it's a little easier now because the euro covers a lot and of countries but if you're buying goods and you're kind of jet lagged and you're like is that a good deal or not you need to be able to yeah. Do that calculation in your head or have a little cheat sheet or something because 
Yeah. Um, I can assure you sometimes you spend more than some of us spend more than we should because we got the exchange rate wrong. Well, and we saw that in New Zealand, too, because as soon as we landed, there's this big screen that tells you the exchange rates. And for the U.S., it said that um, for one New Zealand dollar, it was like 75 U.S. cents when it was actually closer to like 67. So it went from being like, you know, three quarters of a dollar to uh-huh. two thirds of a dollar, which is when you think about it, when it comes to money, it adds up. It becomes a big difference. Oh, yeah. So... Definitely yep. something to keep an eye True. on. And have a, the, my last thing is have a credit card that doesn't charge foreign transaction fees. Yes. <laughs> yes. All of that adds up. But, oh, yeah. A little life hack, but, too. If you're, you, girls, you girls are good travelers. You know, you know lots of tips already. But, um, <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Yes. <laughs> well, well, this well, was so too. much fun. Yes. Well, thank you for inviting me. And, no um, problem. Hopefully I've shared some useful information. But, um, but yeah, I do. Again, bottom line, I think everybody should get out and travel. Even if you don't want to do international, just get out of your comfort zone in your neighborhood and go see what else is out there. I could not agree more. <laughs> well <Candy>. said, Mom. <laughs> Candy, yeah. Candy. <laughs> I love that. Well, you girls will be much more well-rounded people for having done it this way. So I'm <laughs> yeah. proud of both of you. Thanks, Thank Mom. Thank you. So, all right. Well, you girls be good. All and right. Like Madison, give me a call tomorrow or something, okay? I will. Love you. Love you too. Bye. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. I hope you enjoyed hearing me, Madison, and Candace babble on about our love for travel. I know we can't be moving around right now at the moment, but once quarantine ends and life returns back to normal, I really encourage all of you to travel, whether it's a big international trip or just going to a new town or city in your state. Go somewhere new and enjoy something different. And let me know what you thought of our episode. For more details on upcoming guests and announcements, you can find us on Instagram at Handling It Podcast. So thanks for tuning in. I can't wait to keep bringing you some awesome episodes over the next few weeks. So for the time being, keep handling it and I'll talk to you soon.